Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everybody. I love you. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful mothers in here are so grateful for you and appreciative because we wouldn't be here without you literally so (laughs) the word that comes to me this morning is emptiness I don't even like saying the word the experience of it think of your body, your mind, think of them as a house and it's saturated with all this furniture, all these things and furniture is useful you can sit on it, you can hang out with your friends but when there starts to become too much clutter it becomes hard to navigate the house with ease to navigate it comfortably to feel it home. And so I'm simply saying this to say there is a practical application to gaining the ability to empty the space. The space isn't empty, you can't bring in new things. If the space isn't empty, you can't move freely. And so this is simply an opportunity to make some space and enjoy some space. Easy enough, right? And so I welcome you to get comfortable, to find the position that's right for you in this moment. You may close your eyes. And just Just breathe. Don't rush it. There's nowhere to rush to. Just breathe in. Audibly out. Really take your time on that exhale. In and audibly out. Ah. 
beautiful. Don't anticipate another word. Bring your focus fully into your body. You can worry about what's outside of you later. You can think about the world later. In this moment, go inward. Observe your breath. Observe the warmth it brings to your lungs. Observe this calmness. It's spacious. tingling your ears take you away to attentionless space there's no tension between your eyebrows The tension in your shoulders is loosening. Maybe they're even slumping a little. That's perfect.
beautiful things are to be birthed in this space within you. Joy. next breath you're going to feel your belly expand you're going to breathe fully in and we'll hold it and release it and in notice you breathe deeper that time one more in Gently open your eyes again. That felt good, right? We love you guys. Thank you, Hartway. Good morning. Happy Mama's Day. Thank you for all the mothers who came today, a couple of y'all that I don't see all the time, but you're here today, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome, 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 welcome. The title of my message today is Building Resilience, which I think is very appropriate in light of 
Mother's Day because there ain't nobody stronger than our mamas. That's for sure. And I'll say a bunch of stuff today, but if you really want to know what resilience is, just ask your mom, and she'll express that to you. I also believe that there's nothing closer to the love of God than the unconditional love of a mother. So we honor you, and we thank you for all of the sacrifice that you make um, for your family and for your loved ones. So building resilience. What is resilience? Okay, resilience is about pushing forward despite your circumstances. Okay, it's choosing to continue to put one foot in front of the other instead of retreating back when things get tough. So a resilient person is somebody who is characterized by a mental toughness. And I oftentimes encourage folks to be weak if they need to be because it takes a lot of courage to be honest about not being strong. Okay, sometimes we just got to let ourselves be weak. Like the scriptures say, when we are weak, God is strong on our behalf. However, even though I want to encourage each and every one of us to feel all our feels and to be weak when we need to feel weak, you got to know that your spirit can withstand anything. And there is a strength that you can tap into within yourself that can get you through whatever it is that you're going through. And the spiritual journey is ultimately about helping you to tap into that immovable presence within you. No matter what's going on on the outside, you can remain unshakable in the presence of God as you embody that presence and you become that very presence in your day-to-day life. Now, here's the catch when it comes to resilience. If you want to be resilient... The only way to be resilient is by going through tough times. So already I know half of y'all checked out. You're like, eh, I don't know about this resilience thing, man. I don't want to go through tough times. I don't want to go through difficulties. But that's the way that it goes. The only way to be strong is to go through a situation that requires you to be strong. When you're in a situation that requires you to be strong, you'll come to find strength within yourself that you didn't even know was there. But you got to be placed in the situation when that has to be called forth from you. If you listen to people who are entrepreneurs and who have had any success in their field, oftentimes, if you listen to these folks, they'll point back to those moments in their life when they had nothing, when their back was against the wall, when all of the odds were against them. And they'll say, it was those moments that shaped me into the person that I am today. I wouldn't be able to experience all of this success. I wouldn't be able to have accomplished all that I accomplished had it not been for the fact that I had nothing. And they actually see that as an advantage, which is funny, right? Because we think the best thing that we can do for the next generation is to give them everything and more. And there's something wonderful and good and beautiful about that, to be able to give the next generation a leg up. At the same time, if you're not able to give anything but heart, you've given more than enough. And sometimes life puts us in circumstances and situations when we don't have a lot of stuff and there's opposition and we're always having to grind. But the kind of mentality that that instills in you is something that 
is so valuable, so worthwhile. When I think about my life, everything that has hurt me in the past has better equipped me to face the present. Look at this uh, wonderful quote from the poet Khalil Gibran. He says, out of suffering have emerged the strongest souls. The most massive characters are seared with scars. I was listening to a buddy of mine who was interviewing a theologian on his podcast. Her name is Ilya Delio, and she is a theologian who specializes in science and religion. And she was talking about the fact that the very nature of life in this universe is resilient. And she mentioned the fact that there have been five massive extinctions on this planet. And yet, here we are. Okay, there's something about life that is unquenchable. And she mentioned this story of a man who lived in Australia. And several years ago, there were fires all over Australia. And when this man looked at his backyard, it was completely destroyed by the fire. Everything was black. Everything was charred. Everything was just totally gone. And one day, he decides to go outside to his backyard, and he walks up to this tree. It's a dead tree, a dead bark. And out of this dead bark was this one single green leaf that was sprouting out. That should tell you something about the nature of the universe. There is a persistence to nature. And that same energy, that same generative power is in you, right? There's a built-in resilience in nature, which means there is a built-in resilience in you. You have it in you to keep going, even when all of the odds are against you. There is a power, the power of God's spirit that is unquenchable. Nothing can snuff it out. doesn't matter how dark it may seem, how difficult the situation is. And so you just got to know this morning, you are stronger than you think you are. And I know it may feel right now like you just want to totally give up and throw in the towel, which is normal, by the way. I mean, if, you, if you're doing anything in this world worthwhile, you're going to feel like giving up a lot, a lot, okay? And I'm telling you that from experience because sometimes you think it's just the easy way. Let me just run away from the problem. No, face the problem. Have courage. And I can just say that flat out because that's the way the scriptures speak to us. Don't be afraid. A lot easier said than done, right? But sometimes we just got to hear it like that. Don't be afraid. Be courageous. Be strong. You have it in you. You have it in you. There's nothing you've gone through thus far in your life that you have not managed to survive. You've survived everything up to this point. Is that true? So what makes you think that you are incapable of surviving this, whatever this may be for you right here and right now. If anything, by looking back and reminding yourself of everything that God has done in your life, you can begin to uh, muster up the courage and you can assume that that strength you need to get through it, you've already got and you already possess. Sometimes we just got to remind ourselves of what's already true because we forget. 
we tend to forget the truth. And it's in moments that we feel like giving up. It's in moments when the odds are stacked against us that we've got to remind ourselves of who we are, of whose we are, and what we have inside of us, the capability, the power. And if you can't find that strength within yourself, look around you. I'm sure you got strong people in your life that you can look to and lean on and be inspired by. Now, there's a difference between resilience and numbness. A lot of us think we're resilient, but we're really just numbing ourselves from pain. Huge difference between resilience and numbness. Okay, if you numb yourself, that just means you have shut yourself off from being able to feel. Okay, and if you numb yourself so that you don't feel any pain, sure, you'll be able to keep going for a little bit. And you can kind of give the semblance of having stability and calmness and peace in your life. But eventually it's going to catch up to you. Numbing your pain doesn't make it go away. In fact, the more you numb your pain, the harder it's going to be for you when eventually you're going to have to feel it. Because at some point, you will have to feel it. We try and avoid feeling it. Resilience says, I'm going to go through it and I'm going to feel it. All of it. I'm going to open up my heart and gain this capacity to feel whatever it is that I need to feel and continue to move forward. And so we put up this protective wall so that we don't have to feel. And what happens is we, we become disconnected from ourselves. We become disconnected from other people. We're no longer able to determine and provide what our own needs are for ourselves. We become uh, totally disassociated from reality. That's numbness. I see this a lot in, in my field working with healthcare workers and, and first responders. Sometimes you see so much tragedy and so much pain and so much heartache that you just choose to numb yourself to it. I'm not going to be affected by it anymore. Well, if you suppress it in that way, you better believe it's affecting you. It's just not affecting you in a way that you're conscious of. Now it's affecting you in an unconscious manner. And that pain that you don't deal with is going to end up running your life. You harden your heart. You build this protective wall over yourself so that you don't have to experience emotion. And that'll never get you anywhere. Real resilience means I'm going to continue to move forward even with the emotion. I'm, the emotion. I'm willing to feel what I need to feel. And so, so, you, so you may be at a point where you need to speak to that wall you've put up and say, hey, thank you for protecting me because that's what it was there for. Right. We do that as a survival strategy. Thank you for protecting me. But I don't need you anymore. I have found a healthier way. I was uh, reading an article by a neuropsychologist who specializes in trauma. And she was saying that she is so inspired. She is the most inspired, not by people who say, I rise because I beat the fear. I rise because I beat the grief and the pain. She said, no, I am most inspired by those who have said, I rise with the fear. I rise with the grief. I rise with the pain. That's what resilience is ultimately all about. So when you can accept the fact that life is difficult, you know what happens? It becomes less difficult. As paradoxical as it sounds, when you can accept the fact that life is hard, 
it becomes easier for you to deal with the challenges that come your way. Because you know this is not going to be smooth sailing, everybody. It's not. There's going to be bumps on the road. But every bump that you hit, right, every um, left turn that you take, even though you thought you were going to go in another direction, is there to build you up and make you stronger. Anybody ever seen that video of Kanye where he goes, gotcha? No? Oh, man, it's so funny. It is so fun. He's doing this interview. He's talking about things. And then all of a sudden he goes, gotcha. And I just have that image in my mind of Kanye West going, gotcha, as like an image of God sometimes for me, really. Like you think life is going in one direction? Gotcha. God's just like, gotcha. No, gotcha. <laughs> it ain't. What happened? Now I'm going to have an image of you. Now you're going to have, right. Yes. When, <laughs> Please have that image of me in your mind. When you're going through tough times, you thought everything was going your way and then something happened. Gotcha. That's God, man. Gotcha. But God's gotchas are always in our best interest. You know what I mean? Even though we think life should go one way, well, when it goes in a different direction, we've got to trust that God has a better plan. So when you accept that life is difficult, it actually becomes less difficult. We just have to deal with the reality of things as they are. This is why Jesus said to his disciples, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, don't avoid the pain. Don't avoid the grief. Don't avoid the suffering and the heartache. Face it head on and bear it willingly. Whatever cross has been assigned for you to carry in this life, can you bear it willingly? Because if you bear it unwillingly, you make it heavier for yourself. Unnecessarily, by the way. And so maybe your prayer today needs to be, God, I am willing. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't know how I'm going to keep going, but I am willing. If this is what you have put in front of me to bear, I will bear it willingly. That's a powerful prayer to pray. Look at this wonderful quote here from James Baldwin. He says, you think your pain and your heartbreak are unprecedented in the history of the world, but then you read. It was books that taught me that the things that tormented me most were the very things that connected me with all the people who were alive, who had ever been alive. You know, this is why people find so much comfort in Scripture. Uh, because you read through Scripture, my God, these are some really human people, real human life people. And what I love about the Hebrew Scriptures particularly is all of the, the folks that are set up as heroes of the faith, they're complete screw-ups. <laughs> complete screw-ups. And on top of that, even the ones who weren't that bad of a screw-up, which I can't even think of one, but even the, the, the best of the best, those who were closest to God, had to deal with so many challenges. And reading that, man, brings some comfort to you. I'm not alone. I'm not dealing with something that is unprecedented in the history of the world. This is a normal part of the human experience. Setbacks are a normal part of the human experience. For some reason, we think when we're suffering, we're outside of God's will. I love in the Gospels when the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness where he would be tested and tempted. <laughs> Think about that. It was the Spirit that led Christ 
into the wilderness to be tempted and tried. So the Spirit may be leading and guiding you in a much tougher direction than you would choose for yourself. But just because it's difficult, just because it's hard, just because it's painful, doesn't mean that it's not God's will for you. You might be in the middle of God's will, and there's something there for you to discover about yourself and about life that will be so invaluable and precious when you get on the other side. It'll change your life forever. But just because you're going through a difficult time doesn't mean God's not with you. In fact, it's in those moments where you'll probably be able to sense the presence of God the most. When everything else is shut off, when everything else has failed you, God can prove himself to be strong on your behalf. Have you ever considered that you could save others by saving yourself? Think about that. You could save others by saving yourself. So even if you can't embrace your struggle right now for its own sake, embrace it for the sake of those that you will be able to impact and inspire by continuing to push through. Because I promise you, there will be people who are going through a similar struggle. There will be people who will tell you, thank you for not giving up. Because as I watch you and I look at you and I listen to you, it gives me hope that I can keep going. I can't tell you how many people in my life over the last two years have said that to me. Danny, because of the way that I've seen you go through suffering, now I have hope for myself and my suffering. Now I know that there's another way that is possible. Now I know that I can go about this in a different manner. Thank you. Oh my God, talk about bringing meaning out of your suffering. It, it, a lot of times when we go through difficult times, we think it's all in vain. It's like, why am I, what's the purpose of this? Why am I going through this? Well, if you going through this is going to be able to help somebody else, if your story is going to be able to impact another person, that makes it worth it. All in itself. So you can save others by saving yourself. Don't give up. Keep pushing through. In... Stoic philosophy, they have this wonderful concept called the premeditation of evil. I talk about this often. Another phrase is negative visualization. Anybody heard of this or remember me talking about it? I'm so glad. Good. Because sometimes I feel like I repeat myself, but I forget. Y'all forget everything. <laughs> so I can just keep going. Really, sometimes like when, I, when I'm thinking like, man, what am I going to say Sunday? I'm like, they've already heard me say, what else am I going to say? And y'all don't remember nothing. It's great. It's so great. Hey, if one thing sticks, I'm happy, okay? So that's good. Anyways, the premeditation of evil. So essentially, the Stoics said that it is wise, it is a good thing to imagine everything that could possibly go wrong. <laughs> I know y'all are, you know, we don't like this. But the reason why the Stoics made a practice of this, of premeditating evil, of, of considering all of the things that can go wrong, they did this as a way of strengthening their resilience, building strength in their spirit by considering all of the possibilities involved. I was talking to somebody the other day about 
something that I'm dealing with. And I was like, hey, it could go this way, which is really good. Or it can go that way, which is not really what I wanted. And that person's like, yeah, well, no, 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 that's not going to happen. It's all going to be good. Everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. Just keep a positive attitude. Okay, I love that. I love, listen, I love it. I think that's great. But also, that doesn't change the reality of the fact that sometimes things can go the other way. It doesn't matter how positive I think all the time. Yes, this is going to happen. Yes, it's going to happen. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. So for me, my approach, if your approach is ultra positive approach, take it. That works for you. That's fine. I'm saying for me, I'd rather say, hey, you know what? If it goes this way, good. And also I'm ready if it doesn't. And that's it. And then you go about your way. So consider what all the possibilities are. Look at what uh, one of the Stoic philosophers says by the name of Seneca. Misfortune has a way of choosing some unprecedented means or other of impressing its power on those who might be said to have forgotten it. I'm going to read it one more time. Miss, one more time. Misfortune has a way of choosing some unprecedented means or other of impressing its power on those who might be said to have forgotten it. So it hits harder when you don't acknowledge its reality. And all of us are susceptible to misfortune. It does not matter how good you are. I mean, that's the whole story of Job in a nutshell. He's like, God, I'm, I'm, I obey you. I'm faithful to you. Shouldn't you just be blessing me all the time? <laughs> I wish it worked like that. It does not work like that. Right? You can't manipulate God into making your life better than it is just because you're goody two-shoes and you do everything right. No. What's your motive for living that kind of a life? If it's to get something out of God, you got the wrong motive. You should be doing it just for the sake of doing it because that's what brings you peace and pleasure and happiness as well as pleasure to God. So misfortune has a way of really impressing its power on those who don't remember that it's possible for them to experience it. This is one of the the beautiful benefits that I have of being around death and dying and trauma every day. You know, a lot of people... When I tell them what I do, they're just like, I don't understand how you do it. They're like, oh, man, that's a really tough job, but somebody's got to do it. And it feels weird for me to say, I love, I love it. I love being in those intense situations when people are going through the most traumatic of things and being able to be a presence of love and peace and support in their life. It's deeply fulfilling to me. Not only that, it also reminds me to be grateful and to savor every good moment. I mean, it's like I'm, I'm eating an orange. I'm just sucking all that orange out of there. <laughs> really, every beautiful moment that I have in life. And I do this so, a lot with people because I understand people come and go. People come and go. And when you realize people come and go, instead of trying to just hold on to them so much, you know, you can't leave. I need you here. I need you here. And then they're gone and your whole life is destroyed. No. While, while you're here, I'm going to really savor it because I know tomorrow you may be gone. And that's okay because when you leave, I got all the juice I wanted. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. 
So being constantly reminding yourself, this is why, again, and, and you find this in the Christian tradition a lot, too. A lot of the, the monks and the mystics would talk about constantly meditating on death. Like just thinking about it often, you know. I was talking to um, my parents the other day about some plans I have, right, in the next couple years. And I laugh about it, even just saying it, right? Because I was like, yeah, you know, like once I'm done with this uh, course that I'm taking and I get the certification, then I'm going to take a two-year break and I'm going to write a book. And then after that, then I'll go back to do something else. And as that was coming out of my, out of my mouth, I, I already knew. I'm like, yeah, sure. And, and I'm like, what I said to my parents was, if I'm still alive. And my mom hates that. Do you plan on dying anytime soon? You know? No, mom, nobody ever plans on it. I mean, sometimes, but, you know? But it's, it's, it's true. That's why the scriptures say, you know what? If you're going to make plans, just say, if it's the Lord's will. That's it. Make your plans, please, plan. Plan all you want. And then you chuck it up to the heavens. And you say, if it's God's will, may it be so. And if it's not, then it's not. I'll be ready. I'll adapt. I'll adjust. I'll go with the flow of things. Next quote here, another one by Seneca. He says, fate falls heavily on those to whom she is unexpected. The man who is always expecting her easily withstands her. Okay, you can't fully be prepared for everything life brings your way, but you can be less surprised. And that'll help you deal with whatever it is you're dealing with when it comes. Because unexpectedness adds to the weight of disaster. So the principle here is by expecting to suffer, you will suffer less. I know that sounds weird. And I'm not saying you've, you've got to be fearful about it. The reason why it, it, it's weird for us is because we're afraid. We're so afraid of it going wrong to the point where we, we don't even want to speak about it. Don't even say that. right? Don't even let that word come out of your mouth. That's how we are. No, no, God forbid, don't even say it. No, say it. Say it. Accept it. Beforehand. And then when it comes, you'll be just a, a tad more prepared. Tad more, you'll, be, you'll find a little more resilience in you because you understand how life is. We're just talking about the way life is. I'm not telling you anything else other than this is how life is. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes people die unexpectedly. Sometimes we get sick. We didn't even think it would ever happen to someone like us. I meet people in the hospital all the time. They never drink. They never smoke. Everything fine. They have heart problems. Meanwhile, I saw a video of like a 103-year-old lady doing an interview. She's like, I have one Dr. Pepper every day. That's the secret. You know? I'm like, dude, this life is messed up, bro. For real. But that's the way it goes. So God, whatever, whatever cross I have to bear, I'm going to bear it willingly. Here's the thing about resilience, and this is good news, okay? Resilience 
isn't something that belongs to some and not others. All of us have the capacity to be resilient. Okay, and what I have found in my own life is the more connected I am to God, the more resilient I become. You got to get to the source and stay connected to the source. Because you understand the power and the strength isn't going to come from you. It's not going to come from you. There's a story in the Hebrew scriptures about a man named Samson. Anybody know the story of Samson? Strong guy. I like Samson. Okay, he worked out. He beat people up. (laughs) Samson was a judge in Israel. The people respected him. He had a position of leadership. He also led them in battle against their enemies, and he defeated a bunch of the Philistines. And so everybody celebrated Samson. And Samson, since he was a very young man, had had made a vow to God. He was a Nazarite. And Nazarites were people who had a very special vow with God. And they were going to be living their life in a set-apart way. So his life was consecrated to God. And what that meant for him was a couple of things. Number one, he wasn't going to drink any alcohol. Number two, he wasn't going to cut his hair. And number three, he wasn't going to make contact with a dead body because of the, uh, the purity laws of that time. So that's what it meant to be a Nazarite. Okay, the scriptures were very clear that his strength came from the fact that he was living this life that was devoted and consecrated to God. Well, one day, a pretty little lady named Delilah comes into Samson's life. And Samson got blinded by her beauty. And he was not able to see her true intentions because he was so caught up on how fine this woman was. Okay? Gets you every time, man. Gets you every time. Samson got distracted. He really got distracted from his purpose. And he started to become a little more lenient. He forgot about the vows that he had made to God. And one day, he's sleeping. Delilah comes, cuts his hair, and he loses his strength. Okay, eventually at the end of his life, God gives him his strength back, and he dies using it. Great story. (laughs) But it's good that he gets his strength back. It's nice, right? Because even when you mess up and fail... Even when you mess up and fail and, 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 and just, you know, butcher the whole thing, God is still faithful, okay? God is still gracious. But I just want to highlight the fact that when Samson gave his devotion to someone else over God, his strength was sapped, okay? In the same way, some of us are more devoted to ego. Some of us are more devoted to being right. Some of us are more devoted to being important. Some of us are more devoted to a person that we just met that we really like than we are to God. And when we cut ourselves off from that connection with God, we are cutting ourselves off from the source of our strength and power and resilience. 
And so I share that story of Samson just to say to you, stay connected. Whatever that looks like for you, stay connected. Look at these wonderful scriptures. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Okay, that is strength through surrender. I can do all things through him, through Christ, who strengthens me. So if you really want to be strong, you got to take this attitude of surrender. You know, whatever God's will is for my life, that's what I'm going to go with. I like Nehemiah 8.10. It says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy is your strength. You want strength? Be a joyous person. In every circumstance, find a reason to be happy about it. Find a reason to be happy about it. That's like for me, I'm thinking, man, you know, when people speak ill of me or speak against me, I actually like it because it toughens me up. It makes me less dependent on people's approval, which I've always cared way too much about. Find a reason. I don't know what it is. Pull it out of somewhere. Okay, but find a reason. I love, I love this scripture in the book of Proverbs that speaks about the virtuous woman. And it says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. And she laughs without fear of the future. Mm. Talk about strength. Strength and laughter. She laughs without fear of the future. What does that look like? Well, if it goes this way or that way. <laughs> we got this. God's got me. I had a guy once who, you know, he, he said that God has given him this gift of just kind of being able to, to see into, into the future in a way. So I'm open. Okay, people, God gives gifts to people that are not understandable to us. And this dude was sharing with me about what he saw. And he was crying. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, Danny, it's, you have no idea. You have no idea the difficulty. You have no idea what's, what's ahead of you. And I, and I just put my hand on his shoulder, and I said, thank you, man. And I smiled. I said, I appreciate it. Thank you. He's like, no, 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 you don't get it, man. He's like, you don't get it. You don't know. He's like, this is bad. This is, this is rough. I said, I appreciate it. I said, thank you, I'll be okay. He couldn't get it. He couldn't grasp it. Funny thing is, someone can have that gift, right? He saw something in, the, in my future, right? In his mind's eye. But he put his own meaning on it. And that's where he went one step too far. Because you can see whatever you want to see. But the moment you put a meaning on it, oh, it's going to be bad. That's when you've crossed into territory that is not yours to cross, my friend. Because I determine what it means for me. And as you tell me this about my future, what I'm determining is that whatever that is, it's going to be for my good. And I'll be okay. And I'll smile without fear of the future. And I'm going to keep my joy because I know it's going to make me stronger. It's going to make me more resilient. And then I got divorced and I was like, was that what you were talking about? He was like, yeah. I was like, come on, bro. Really? 
You make such a big deal about it, dude. God. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Psalm 28.7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. It may not always feel like this, okay? It may not always feel like it, but your job is to put one foot in front of the other, and it's God's job to strengthen you. You just got to trust the strength will be there. When it's time for me to go through it, I'll have what it takes to get through it. So as we go, I want to give you a few practical steps to build resilience. Number one, adopt a spiritual framework for your problems. Okay, develop a spiritual way of thinking, a spiritual mind. What does that mean? For me, that means God has his own plans. And everything that happens in my life goes according to that plan. So I just got to remind myself of that when I start feeling like the rug is getting pulled from underneath me because things aren't going according to my plan. God has his own plans. And that's what I go by. Another way to adopt a spiritual framework for your problems, all of this is working to build and develop my character. And I'm going to use it in that manner. And that is actually the most important thing in my life to the point where everything else is secondary. So if you were to strip everything from me, I know that this is serving a higher purpose. And that higher purpose is for me to be conformed into the image of Christ. The higher purpose is for me to step into my spiritual power, to evolve, to build my character. That goes with the second step, which is don't think of yourself as a victim. It's not happening to you. It's all happening for you. You can't lose. You cannot lose. It's all serving your spiritual evolution. That's what it means to adopt a spiritual framework. Again, while you're in the problem, your mind's not going to automatically think like this. But bring yourself back to the truth. Remind yourself of the truth over and over and over again. Put your problem within the context of God's greater plan and purpose and providence over your life. Don't think of yourself as a victim. It's all, this is all happening to me. Life is so hard for me. Nobody understands me. If you need to stay there for a little while, then fine. But get yourself up from out of that pit. That's hell. It's literally hell. And there are people, there are people that have been through so much in their life, and they're still able to have a smile on their face. You, you got it in you to do the same. But you got to switch your mentality from victim to victor. This is for me. This is helping me. God is teaching me through this. Surround yourself with positive relationships. You don't have to strengthen yourself. Get with somebody who could be strong for you. And last but not least, avoid overthinking. Okay, how many times do we continue to think about the same problem over and over and over again? For what? For what? Yesterday, I went to meet uh, my buddy at the beach. And when I got there, he already left. I already paid $40 for parking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literally so I'm like okay all right well so I was walking around Fort Lauderdale Beach and they were having like a little market and they were selling like fruits and stuff and I found this uh 
wonderful little bottle of soursop, is it? Soursop juice? Soursop juice? Wow, I never had that before in my life. And I got this little soursop juice, and I sat on this ledge right by the elbow room, and I was looking out at the beach, and it was so, it was so good. And being around all that noise actually helps my internal noise to quiet down. If you, if you go to a noisy place, this is just something that works for me. You know, if I, sometimes if I go to a noisy place and I get into a meditative state and I just start paying attention to all of the ruckus happening outside of me, it helps my internal volume to turn down tremendously. And now you're just experiencing spiritual rest. So do whatever. You go to a yoga class, get a massage. I don't know what you got to do to stop overthinking. But thinking about your problems isn't going to make them go away. Okay? And the solution that you're looking for isn't going to come from that repetitive thinking. Stinking thinking, they call it, for a reason. Okay? Get out of your own head. Get into your heart. Get into the present moment. Open yourself to whatever God may have for you. And watch and see how the strength you need will be there. The courage you need will be there. You are more resilient than you think you are. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being our strength, for being our ever-present help in time of need. We look to you now in this moment and we ask you to fill us with the resilience and the courage and the power that we need to get through whatever it is that we're facing right now in our lives. Empower us through your spirit. Help us to be resolved to keep going, knowing that you're working everything out in our favor for our good. You're using it all to build us up so that we can smile without fear of the future, so that we can rest in the beauty of your presence. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. 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 All right. Happy Mother's Day. Be resilient. Love you all, and we'll catch you next Sunday.